Mr. Simmons, but I sound like Animaniacs at the same time when I do it instead. But anyway, hello, class, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education. And every week, two lifelong friends gather to re-watch, review, recap, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I am one of your hosts, Michael Asuncion, and who are you, dude? I am Sean Ellis, and I work here. For free. Pretend here. As a hobby. For free. <laughs> Until they fun. You know, because apparently, I don't know, this uh, PS 118's uh, kind of strange in these first couple runs. We'll, we'll get there. It really is. <laughs> it really is. We had, we had a very, yeah, we had a very, <laughs> la- our last recording, I had so much fun with that, and I'm really glad to be jumping back into it today. I think mm-hmm. we're really, you know, finding, just finding the rhythm, finding the footing of, of this project. And uh, mm-hmm. before we jump into it, I just want to give a couple... Uh, One quick shout out. Uh, As of the time of this recording, this episode has not yet been released, nor has our first episode. Uh, But uh, by the time you're hearing this, if we we are on Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, no big deal. But I think if you like search us, you'll see like we'll come up in the same search as like WTF with Mark Marin and like how did this get made and and Office Ladies, which I'm a huge Office Ladies fan. So shout out to those, to Jenna and Angela for the work that they do. Um, But I was able to share this with a friend of mine, uh, Travis, who also started his own podcast with two friends of his, more so pop cultural, cultural uh, current events. So if you're into that, check them out at no one's listening anyway on Instagram, NOL underscore pod or podcast i believe and you can also find us at pc 118 pod on instagram and uh, eventually twitter when i set that up but yeah that's where you will be able to find us you got to get like the plugs up front before you forget to do it entirely i'm really bad at that i'm trying to get i'm trying to get better <laughs> noted for sure so uh, i was going back and rewatching the episode's uh, you know, downtown is fruits and Eugene's bike. I have a couple of follow up notes just based on things that we were uh, debating and being like, what was happening mm. there. So just just to clarify, Surprise. just so you can uh, put set the record straight and everything. You were curious as to the noise that they play when the woman does that weird double take getting off the bus. It's yes. it's like a very and I'm like, I'm very interested in sound design. I remember as a kid, I always wanted to be I wanted to be a foley artist. I was like, oh cool, you get to just like make noises and stuff and that's your job all yeah. day it sounds like a very tightly wound timpani when you you hit the drum and then you quickly press on the pedal so it goes like boom, yeah. and it just sounds like it's pitched up super tight so i'm pretty sure that's what that is but it I, I heard it again you hear it a lot with helga as well i think yes so yeah i definitely heard it this time and then to clarify the studs versus spuds mcgee it oh, is in yeah. fact both the baseball card says studs, but the jumbotron says spuds. Hell yeah! Yeah. Attention to detail, Sean Ellis. Let's yes, go, good. Baby. So good, good pull there. And I also just wanted to. I'm. So, I think I was just so overwhelmed with like endorphins or whatever from from the ending, the the last fifteen minutes of of our previous episode. But I also wanted to just 
shout out to I'm guessing Ben Diskin was the first Eugene because we did learn, we were discussing today earlier today mm-hmm. offline uh, there was actually been four Eugenes uh, but shout out to Ben Diskin and his very convincing he actually just straight up sounds like he was throwing up in the studio like his honestly his throw up sounds into the river was it just sounded so painful <laughs> The commitment was so and, real, and yeah, and, and again, inspired. and again, the the uh, the the sound, the sound designer, the sound editing, with like the echo of the city streets, oh, it's just it's just <laughs> echoing through the through the canyons of this empty empty block over over the river, and that was that was really really funny. <laughs> I'm a fan, as as am I. So uh, with that. Without further ado, shall we get into t- uh, today's episodes of Notes? Yes, please. All right. So today, our first, uh, we're going to be covering episode two of Hey Arnold. And uh, episode 2A, the first half, is The Little Pink Book, originally released October 9th, 1996, written by Craig Bartlett, who created the show, directed by Burt Ring and Don Judge. And here's what happens in that one. Helga's diary is full of poems and shrines of Arnold. Uh, more dedications, really. We're we're gonna see the the real shrine next next week. I'm really excited about that. Arnold and Gerald find the diary and take it to Arnold's house to determine whose diary it is. The only place Helga signed her name in the book is on the last page, and she must get it back before Arnold sees her name, even if it means spending the night in Arnold's closet. That's a really sharp synopsis. It is. It's it's like Wikipedia generated. Uh, I could be re- I could have also chosen to read uh the Hulu version, but it's very vague you know so i do appreciate mm. the because again just to jog the memory so I, I do appreciate that we're not necessarily just going like beat for beat and everything like that so yeah. this kind of does some of that work up front <laughs> but absolutely mm-hmm. and oh my god yeah this ep- this episode it's not the it's the first but definitely not the only time we're gonna see this 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 type of storyline i guess you could say where in in which Helga has to go to insane lengths not to let her love her obsession her her lust depending on you know just depending on her mood but her feelings for Arnold <laughs> to be revealed it's going to happen a few more times throughout this show's run and this is just the first you know crack at the apple this is you know the 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 fast and furious of that and then it just gets more ridiculous each each time we come back around to it (laughs) but spirals so far out of control but i will say that it started on a like a strong note like i'm not gonna skip too far ahead but she cuts his hair (laughs) no she (laughs) no that was literally shoving people out of the way that was literally the next the next bullet point i had was uh helga cutting out a very not even just a strand not like like cutting a sizable chunk out of arnold's hair and is not subtle about it yeah. at all she gets out like shears and you and everything yeah. and it's it's a big it's a big chunk it's like remember in high school when theo used to do the creepy thin man from charlie's angels <laughs> <laughs> he used to pretend to pull out pull out his uh his former former so's hair and sniff it and yell Shout out to Crispin Glover for uh, being a top, uh, being an iconic early 2000s villain with that. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> because she definitely smells it. She, no, she does. No, no. She draws puts it, inspiration from she, it. She puts it. I should have just put all of this uh, in the chat ahead of time. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and send you some of the frames that I pulled. Yeah, while you're sending that, I'd like to say on the record that my first note is hee hee boob. 
because she calls Arnold the boob. Oh, she does this call is the him first the boob. time. Yeah, yeah, and yet. adds to the list of very, very interesting and creative like insults. I can't with this picture. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, collect myself uh interesting and creative i guess like 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 names that she calls mm-hmm. people she's really good at it and we should speaks... we should keep a running tab of like helga insults i have to say i mean this is episode two but helga speaks with a really like poetic prosy kind of flair like the and yet before every like mm-hmm. but i love him moment is great and all of her sentences are like super elevated english it's really impressive actually well, you know, her, 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 uh, she comes from very, her family is very not well, well, well to do. Yeah, that's, that is an accurate description, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they, a couple Beavers. of them are very, probably very good public speakers. Not so much Miriam, maybe once upon a time, but mm-hmm. you know, big Bob's definitely up there. Olga, who we have not met yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh. You know, maybe this is just her way of, of trying to deal, you know, or trying to kind of keep up in her in her own yeah. sense. I, I really want to just highlight the versatility of Jim Lang's compositions because, you know, we got all the really cool urban. We got a sense of like the really cool urban jazz stuff going on in, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. He can do country and Western, but then he can do just bang out these really romantic harp and violin duet situations. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The I don't I don't know if there's like an official name to it, but I'll call it the Helga in Love Suite. No, no, it's, for sure, it's prime. It's prime, <laughs> and there's there's oh my god, yeah, versatility. Another thing too is, so for me this one it's more like moment the moments I guess kind of come together for me a bit more. Again, I think there's better versions where it's like a cohesive whole of this storyline, but there are definitely things that are really funny. You get yeah Helga's very propensity for very loud bloody murder screaming which i think you i would i imagined you really appreciate because she again mm-hmm. set we again have someone setting off car alarms with their with their screams absolutely <laughs> and you know my, my bullet says yes the scream okay. ha, 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 in all caps <laughs> so the car alarms in hillwood just seem to be really sensitive as well yeah worth noting yes also she says no one should have seen that until i'm dead and in the ground and worms have consumed <laughs> my, my flesh <laughs> yes which which is a callback to pinky in the last episode <laughs> you mean pinky who, uh, pinky that she stepped on she who will never know what he's missing because he won't be able to consume her flesh <laughs> that's true what a uh, shame no yes absolutely well, <laughs> Again, it's it's a really interesting characterization of Arnold this this time. I'm I'm not a huge I'm not super. This is really Helga's Helga's time to shine at this yeah. point in the in the in the run. I I find Arnold to just be a little not insufferable. I'm just like oh God, like we really do just see what we want to see because he just wants the diary so bad to belong to Ruth McDougal. My God, he inflects it so good. He does. He's like, he's trembling. No, and it, I, actually, I just realized this now. He is just as infatuated with Ruth as Helga is infatuated with him. Like, the way his mm. voice lilts up and the way he fantasizes and everything and, and everything like that. So there's there's actually a pretty yeah. good parallel there. And Ruth also mm. has a football-shaped head. She does. Yeah. That she does. Yeah. And a murderous braces smile. Yeah, no, that those that always kind of scared me a little bit. It was just kind of a nightmare. And again, just this non sequitur frame of stinky 
photobombing <laughs> photobombing the camera <laughs> and then a uh, park who is you know their their only asian friend well besides phoebe yeah it's a uh, i think Ar- arnold's arnold's main character flaw in this episode is you know just very a very strong sense of confirmation bias absolutely they definitely bullied the shit out of helga too like this whole episode that, was like yeah. dragging her name through the mud <laughs> Even without though, knowing it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Even though, like, without... Again, it's like... I guess they really were like, there's no way this could be Helga, even if they're looking at all the handwriting and mm-hmm. cross-referencing mm-hmm. it with the yearbook and, and everything like that. Which, to call attention to my meme-worthy moment, <laughs> when they are going over their, like, scientific method and everything, and Arnold is like, fingerprints, yup, they're human. <laughs> <laughs> and then just immediately moves on to the yes. next topic. <laughs> Is it Ruth's hair? Is it? Huh? Huh? And that's, dude. Obviously Ruth, brown. Blonde, blonde and brown hair, dude. Like, his just, own hair, too. It's, it is his own hair. Like, you're, he's not noticing the huge chunk missing from the top of his quaff. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Arnold. Yeah, this was, a, this was a low point for him. A little bit, you know. It's, he, he didn't show much self-awareness here. He's not quite as he's not quite as you know zen as he is in in a lot of other episodes. So I think, yeah, yeah this isn't my favorite. I think just I mean, but then again, we I think, especially when you're young and you have a crush on somebody or whatever, you always, you or not even it doesn't even have to just be a crush, but you at one point or another you're gonna have people that you come across, people that you see at school or whatever, and somehow they are your like emotional Achilles heel, like all mm. of your, all of your better judgment or all of your, all of your usual ways of going about things kind of go out the door when that certain person or the, or those specific people are concerned, depending on the context. So it's, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice. And again, we are dealing with fourth graders here. I am, I am trying to remember that. Way to and, ground us. Yes. <laughs> the fourth graders that read out Arnold, Arnold, Arnold so loudly that people on the overpass. Oh, no, no. I was going to so say, I, I love that. I love that frame. Yeah. You see people <laughs> like they got out of their cars. They yeah. stopped traffic to see what was going yeah. on. Yeah, and you get Mr. Green's voice for the first time too. You which do. It's very impressive. Um, how like gruff and like deep he is when he says, "So long, Romeo." Like, so long, so, so long, Romeo. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, you get Arnold's grandpa for the first time too, and oh, yeah, he's still yeah. in. It's still very super caricature. Like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, old, hey, short man. Like, much yeah. more cartoony this is already a cartoon but it's like just extra cartoony there but mm. again mm. this is just like we're just kind of ticking off the basics here like right now it's like we're still watching star wars a new hope but we we we're get we're i'm just waiting to get to empire strikes back we're like the meat mm. the good shit mm. real the real good shit happens you know yeah <clears throat> yeah i hear you mm. michael i do need to ask um speaking of arnold's grandpa when arnold asks his grandpa what he would do and or well, I, I think this was the other way around like the grandpa checked in on arnold and arnold says i wish they would go jump up a rope i would love to know if you have any idea what he meant by that because I, I drew blanks i googled it because i was curious too uh and the closest thing hold on jump up a rope i think actually this was like a sanitization of an actual phrase because I, mm. I oddly also, I was watching the beginning of Stand By Me a couple nights ago, and they used this phrase, which is like the real version of saying it. <clears throat> so I think what mm. what Arnold meant to say is, I wish they'd go piss up a rope, which basically means like, fuck off or get lost. <laughs> Got it. 
Thank you. Thank yes. you for doing the research. You are you are very that. welcome. For me, I think the thing that always made me laugh here, well, another like line delivery of Helga's that I think is my favorite in the in the episode is it's like a temple to my beloved. You're like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and she get then she gets on the bed and she goes, <laughs> Oh my gosh, what is that shampoo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this episode was great for the creepy stuff because on the flip, my favorite liner quote was uh, from Arnold when he was like, but maybe she purposely changed her handwriting because she wanted to hide how much she cares and didn't want to be embarrassed about it. It's like, Jesus, Arnold. Like, stop, this episode is bro. about Arnold being thirsty. I, it is. I mean, well, it's, it's a mute. It's yeah, it's a, it's like a cha- food chain of thirstiness and mm, mm. us wanting to, you know, we just want to let people know that we care about him, but. You know, I think they're both kind of scared in their own ways. Like Arnold is many things. He's a very good friend. He's very loyal. Mm. He's mm. very level-headed, very balanced. But mm. he's not what you would call a closer. And we'll get that again. We'll see more of that. He's That's not. Fair. He's not as confident in that in that particular arena. <laughs> mm. um, another thing I thought was cool was they used like the little Star Trek sound effect when she whips out her cell phone. Yes. And like the communicator thing, and of course mm-hmm. she owned, and I'm and uh, on hindsight I'm like, dude, like cell phones were hella expensive in the '90s, but she's the, yeah she's the heir to Big Bob's beepers, so of course she has a cell phone mm-hmm. that makes Absolutely. all the sense in the world. Um, my favorite thing of about this episode, though, <clears throat> from a visual standpoint, is uh, are you familiar with the term gross up? I can piece it together. Okay. In my yeah, head, it's pretty. It's pretty. Explain. Yeah, it's pretty. So it's it's generally self explanatory. So I think the term originated with Ren and Stimpy and it carried on to like SpongeBob and that's when there's just a really like grotesque close up of someone's face and it's just the drawings a lot more detailed but it's just mm-hmm. kind of disgusting like you like uh first thing I think of with SpongeBob is like does this look unsure to you like that really mm-hmm. like craggy <laughs> close up of Squidward mm-hmm. so for me I think I and I think it was it was more messed up in my imagination in my memory, but it is just funny because you really get the sense that she had no sleep at all. Nothing. So just yeah. all the faces Helga makes after like spending the whole night <laughs> in Arnold's closet, she's like keeled yeah. over and it's dark, and then she just falls out and falls flat on her chin and everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> Again, just a lot of frowns. <laughs> the lines under her eye, and she still has this, and she still has the sock tucked in, her, it tucked under into her, her blouse. Soggy. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> gross. Very much so. And Michael, how is your stinky impression? Because the close to the episode is him being stuck in the trash can. Oh, despite you mean, everyone okay, going I, in I, I, I had a feeling you'd want me to try that out. I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to lean back anyway. So. Yeah, if you need line direction, it's this really bites. <coughs> yeah. Help me, help yeah. me, help. Yeah, it goes. This really bites. Help me, help me. Hey, Helga, what's the matter with you? You look like you slept in a closet or something. <laughs> Who would have thought that he'd be a pro sleeping bag rapper? He does. Yes, he does. He does. I can't wait to get to that Who episode for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So again, yeah, this I think this one. Though I will say this episode is not quite as memorable for me, but it does do a good job at giving, yeah, giving, laying more of that pipe for Helga, who's going to get more and more fleshed out. Because Downtown is Fruits didn't really do that quite so much. She was really more like the antagonist of that episode. 
but here you're just a <laughs> again you're just you're just sort of a fly on the wall for how uncomfortable her position is and how how much she's risking sneaking breaking and entering and everything like that and hmm. you know so you do ultimately sympathize with her i am glad that you know i do feel good that she went manages to tear out the last page and at hmm. the same oh it's because it was was it on the other side? Yeah, she manages to get the lock of hair back, she get too. She pulls a little sleight of hand, you know? With her used Band-Aid to <laughs> yes. fix it to the page. Yeah, which is still sticky enough to to nail down the piece of hair. So that's pretty Props cool. Props to her. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Any final thoughts on Little Pink Book? Honestly, it's, it's exactly what you said. We get to see a lot more of Helga here, and... Mm. I don't know. I continually will fixate on how her penchant for drama adds so much to the show. Um, like, I feel like the show itself gives a lot of these moments that are larger than life, but Helga's descriptions of things and how she reacts to things just like turns the knob to 11. And I mm -hmm. love it so much and I love her so much for it. That's true. And as much as it's cartoony and, and it is a cartoon and everything, as somebody who has spent a lot of time like around kids and working with kids and everything like that, I'm mm. like, this is honestly pretty, it's actually pretty on the money. Like kids mm. have small, I've all, you know, I had a friend or a coworker who described it as like kids have tiny bodies, but huge feelings and their bodies cannot contain those feelings properly. <laughs> so, which, so yeah, just all of these really rash decisions and all of these really hyperbolic statements and whatever that's all pretty that's all pretty accurate i would say like that's that doesn't really stop and that's yeah I, I would say it's it's kind of a john hughes situation in a way like it's 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 funny it's funny as hell sometimes but you can tell the the creators the, and the writers of this show also really respect the characters at the same time like no one's mm -hmm. ever really being shit on <laughs> necessarily there's always sort of a grounded center to kind of keep you tethered to why you should care that this is happening to this person, even if this person is spending the night in her crush's closet, getting no yeah. sleep because they're desperate to get their, you know, get their poem book back. I almost wonder if we'll see or how often we'll see episodes where like the same person's the butt of the joke two episodes in a row, unless it's like a part one, part two. It's situation, pretty, you know I think, I mean? it, yeah, that's true. And I don't, that's the nice thing too. I think again, you really get these very different self-contained Mm. stories with arcs you know and it's not just hijinks like i mean like like your episode of like an episode of spongebob for example which is yeah. great in its own way but yeah you do get this beginning middle and end and there is it, it is really cool how they're able to button keep that package all that up within the span of 11 minutes which is like crazy mm -hmm. to me you know yeah like mad impressive absolutely which i think <clears throat> if it's okay with you i think the real the real crown achieve, crowning achievement mm. of episode two is the next episode Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Please. So let's move on into field trip. Uh, so you get the, the, the triple threat of written by Craig Bartlett, Joanne Soleil Steve Vixton, and then directed by Steve Saki and Debbie Baber. So while on a field trip to the aquarium, Arnold sees Lockjaw, a neglected graffiti covered old turtle and Arnold feels bad for it. So later that night, Arnold and grandma sneak into the aquarium and set Lockjaw free. This one is, this one's again, a really special or super special, mm. just very emotional story. Mm. And I get, you get more <clears throat> like sort of peak, peak early Arnold, especially, you know, who's a little quieter, yeah. but 
still very soulful at the same time. Uh, but before yeah. we go, before we get to that, just a quick, quick, uh, just a few quick observations on their way to this. They're taking the public, they're taking public transit to the field trip, which mm-hmm. is fine. That happens. They they're like in a big urban city environment, but no adult supervision. I, there was not a damn adult on that bus whatsoever. No. So that seemed kind of weird. Did Eugene's voice sound different to you just because he was congested? Or do you think he was trying out a different performance choice? Because he was like, oh, like his mucus trail or something like that. I was, I was really distracted by how it, disgusting he was. Yeah. So. No, I know. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, maybe they produce, maybe this was produced and written and made before Eugene's bike and everything because they just treat him like this weird, gross one off. Again, like consummate dork parade member. Gross. Yeah. Also, I don't remember the kid who speaks before Eugene, but he's like the one a with... penguin named Stuart who eats his own bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere, yeah. takes up the whole screen. His name's I think his name's Joey. You, yeah, you only get you only really see him kind of in the early. He's part of like the Herald, the little Herald gang. Ugh, but Joey. you don't. Yeah, you you only get him at the at the start there. I was I thought of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I was always really jealous. I really loved going to aquariums as a kid, and I was mm. always really jealous of this particular aquarium because it was, it was a giant. It was inside of a giant whale, which always just made me think of the Storybook Land canal boats at Disneyland. So that was always pretty sick. And I was like mm. those tunnel shaped aquarium things too. But this one, I it think this, yeah, go ahead. Pretty sick entrance. Yeah, no, it was a pretty sick entrance mm-hmm. to the aquarium. Like walking right in and being immediately like in the like. 360 degree walkthrough. It's like Sick. some. It's like the monstro level in a uh, King mm. Hearts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, before we get too far away from the bus, the music on the bus was a high point for me because it mm-hmm. kind of sounded like tequila. Didn't it? it did. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was little... <laughs> this like super like mambo quick mambo situation. <laughs> I was really keying into it too. And I think at one point there yeah. was there was a steel drum solo or something. There 100 really percent cool. was. Yeah. And, and yeah, just all these horn blasts, and again, like I really hope, I really hope the the session musicians and whatnot got paid really well because it's just it's mm. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to name a kid show with like just as like dynamic music and whatnot. And, yeah, and and just well orchestrated and well composed and everything like that. I, I think it really kind of mm. stands stands on its own. That's why like the nearest parallel I always draw is is like the Charlie Brown stuff because you had all mm. these you know like jazz jazz men going at it and you know they really were yeah there's there's a there's a lot more there's quite a few sight gags here the the no sushi chefs thing is kind of messed up <laughs> but also <laughs> i did not laugh harder than that moment in the episode i'm it, not gonna lie kind of was and he kind of looked like park at the same time because he's wearing blue but it, it really yeah. only scratches the surface of you know asian representation on hey arnold we haven't even yeah. met mr win yet but we're gonna oh, get, we're gonna get to him too love uh, him yeah but yeah just no i'm not di- ready to cry on this podcast Jesus. just no dialogue though oh Oh, <laughs> just grumbles away. <laughs> he definitely does like the the like thing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the security guard is a star. He's like no, he was he's he's the MVP of this for sure. For he's sure. the best. Do he's you the think? Best. Let's just skip ahead. Do you think the shark kills him at the end? <laughs> I, I definitely would say I... that. I definitely said that at aquariums as a kid. Like, come on, Jaws, bite me. <laughs> Oh, you tossed myself a penguin. <laughs> Every time I see penguins, it's oh, toss your cookies. Oh, here's a cookie. Oh, oh you tossed your cookies. cookies. Which almost made me believe for a moment that he could have been the inspiration for like the uh, 
what's the what's the fish from SpongeBob that like has the surfer laugh and oh, stuff? The... <laughs> yeah, maybe a like, little bit. I was trying to figure immediately out. Immediately went to that. I was just trying to figure uh, out but... if that was Great Zamboni again or the same guy who did him, but I don't know. It depends. It honestly could have been. Maybe but to answer your question. Maybe. Yeah, he's definitely dead. No, the, the there's a reason why that no messing around in the Shark Tank is a rule. That's true. And right next to no skateboards, apparently. Well, the last thing you... I, I went back and looked at the frame again, and the shark definitely registers and, you know, inches towards him after he falls into the tank, so... Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, that's yeah, definitely dead. a wrap on, on inept security guard number one or whatever mm. he's credited as, you know? Cue um, the sorrowful track. So, speaking of sorrowful track, I mean... Last time I last time I was talking to you about like oh damn when are we gonna hear Groove Remote and it's right here mm. in this episode dude mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. sequence of that sequence of Arthur pulling away from his peers who is super fucked up the way like Harold throws his like Slurpee or whatever his slushy at Lockjaw mm. and even Gerald's like yeah <laughs> like there's that you know that wide shot and Gerald's into yeah. it too you you know every he's pretty he's just as disappointed but. Again, it was really freaking emotional. I think, you know, looking back, I didn't have pets growing up, so mm. I had a, <clears throat> I had a real soft spot for just any media that depicted somebody having some kind of relationship with with an animal, because that's like something I always wanted. Yeah. So I would just kind of vicariously live through things like stories like that, dude. You know, you know, you know my feelings about How to Train Your Dragon, mm. like <laughs> yeah. case in point. Absolutely. But, but yeah, him go Arnold going into like the the uh, the sort of underground viewing area and just shout out to like Torin Cadell who just that like his his delivery of like hey man like just mm. empathizing and connecting with Lockjaw as Groove Remote is playing in the background which is essentially mm. Arnold's Christmas time is here as far as I'm concerned like when he's yeah. really in it when he's really just in his thoughts in his feelings like that's his that's his theme song you know more yeah. so to me more so than even the opener, which we talked about before. But, yeah. and him just, again, all him just hearing turtles everywhere. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, but and the way they're undercutting his, the way it's actually interesting, they're, they're undercutting his, his, his process of being really deep in thought about the whole lockjaw situation with his, his uh, grandpa wearing the turtleneck. But, uh, mm. but I would be remiss if I did not uh, highlight the introduction of definitely one of my favorite one-off characters who's just there for a joke and then they're gone flash in the mm. pan the camp the campfire lasts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> pardon me sir would you like to buy some chocolate turtles and a trip, trip to scotland <laughs> trip, trip. yes <laughs> and the best part is let's get it's the same girl who voices helga <laughs> No yes, fucking yeah. way! Are you yeah. shitting? Yeah, me? it's the same girl. It's Fr Francesca, Francesca Marie Smith, in the dual roles of Helga Pataki and the Campfire Lass. Because <laughs> there's actually an episode. There's actually an episode where they they talk to each other, and it's it's like Rick and Morty. <laughs> I'm obsessed because I mean it's only episode two, but if you can't tell by now, like Helga is by far one of my favorite characters in the show for a number of reasons this just makes me appreciate her so much more <laughs> <laughs> yes i can't yeah you don't get campfire last too often so when you when she does pop up it's just the funniest thing in the world to me <laughs> just... yeah this is the way that i wrote my note <laughs> <laughs> trip, trip to scotland <laughs> mm -hmm. it 
It almost brings me back to, uh, brings me back, lol. This is 40. When, <laughs> when they're talking to the doctor, yeah. Do you want some French fries? <laughs> just, just, I'll just, so there's bad fruit and good fruit. fruit. Well, French fries. <laughs> Oh Lord. Shout out to Paul Rudd, love you. Fun with that fun with the accents, who knew? Mm. And mm. like yeah. And then the other kind of MVP of this is you get so much time with Arnold's grandma too, who Yeah. Which yeah. again in, in a in a voice cast of like the kids are great, you know, and they all do their they all come off as well defined, you know, they they convey their characters all really clearly and specifically. But this voice cast is really anchored by just two like two like legends in of the field you know mm-hmm. you have uh, the grandpa is dan castellaneta who is also like homer simpson and a bunch of you know a bunch of other people on the simpsons and then you also have grandma gertie or pookie mm-hmm. or however you want to refer to her is tress yeah. mcneil pick your poison and she has been in almost pretty much everything but i think you will especially appreciate it because she's mom on futurama <laughs> That is exactly what I was going to say. Jerk one. Futurama being such a big, big show for me. Um, Her voice is just instantly recognizable and so, so good. And she did way more than mom, too. Like, she did a lot of, like, the B characters in that show, Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And, yeah, Linda with, of, like, Linda and Morbo Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jerk one robots make me sick to my ass. You know, and they... Jam a bast jam a bastard in it, you crap. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost it's better if you read it without without doing the voice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um they immediately create grandma as this ridiculous, insane human. <laughs> yes. from, from the first words she, that leave her mouth, like she references a like, German general World War, from World, World War One. At any like, given point, in, at any given point in time, her mind is in another historical era and time and place altogether. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she not only just fixates on the turtle being old that pisses he, her off, <laughs> and he's old, <laughs> but. but I just love the the moment where like for one this is this is hilarious to me that Arnold says, "Grandma, let me ask you a question. How would you feel if you were thousands of years old living in the ocean and then some scientist caught you and put you in a tank?" And she's just like super jazzed about it. She's pissed. She's like, "Oh my god, they'll never catch me." Yeah. And then yeah, and then Arnold has to say, "Grandma, it's a hypothetical question." She's like, "Why didn't you say so?" I know. I just lo- I loved her her delivery of that, and but the fact that she can be this, she can be this weird and everything, but still be extremely responsive to Arnold's needs at a moment's mm. note. Like I think I would argue more reliably so than Grandpa because mm. Grandpa usually he's either kind of messing with Arnold a lot of the time or he's a little too wrapped up in his own stuff. Grandma really always grant his grandma always really comes through. It, even if it's kind of a, a long way to go about it or if it yeah mm-hmm, which is really which is always, which is really cool she'll always back him up too which yeah. is which is kind of endearing mm-hmm. also endangering but you know a little bit no yeah again the the her like create her like wicked witch cackle as they're like pulling <laughs> like grandma you have a driver's license right <laughs> <laughs> Take these. This is our gear. <laughs> Fucking knitting needles. <laughs> Agent nine, and I'll be chief. Also, um, when she's gathering her stuff from the closet, 
she throws a cat. Yes, she does. And I know that doesn't happen just this time. I, I That happens oh, really? frequently in this show, doesn't it? I think cat. it does. Like, whenever things are getting tossed about, I feel like there's always a cat Probably, being thrown. Maybe. You get the kind of, like, yowl as it's tossed yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it, again, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slightly, you know, like, it's a city environment, so you're going to get a lot of stray cats and everything. Yeah. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eyes open for that. Okay, one you for you sure. track you track the cats because I think you yeah. can, you, as a person who grew up with a cat, I think your your sensors are a little more attuned to that kind of thing. So I'll leave that I'll leave that Absolutely. one up to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when dude, when they break in the aquarium and Grandma goes over the, the grappling hook, <laughs> goes over the wall, and I don't, Michael, do you watch with subtitles on? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay, because I watch everything with subtitles, and to the viewers out there, listeners, whatever we call them on podcasts, you, if you're not watching with subtitles, you're wrong. Um, the subtitle when she lands is "Grandma grunts and passes gas." Oh wait, wait, who said <laughs> because that? Because she, because she gets the the little like yeah, sound it's like, when it's like, she lands. It's like it's like a three it's like a three combo sound effect. It's like it's like it's like. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, so it's she, so, so can okay. So she canonically passes gas. That's yes. Okay, okay. Either cool. she canonically passes gas, or Hulu decided that it was okay. attributed to her. For sure, for um, sure. I did not screen cap, but okay. I, I would be more than happy to fact check myself, and I would be happy to own up to my mistake if I'm wrong. But I'm right. That's fair. Whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> if you're right, you're right. You know, I'm not gonna fault you on that. And we already covered. Okay, we already covered the shitty security guard. And as a, I think because because this Arnold, this this first Arnold that we get, I, I think for the entirety of the first season, and then we transition to the next Arnold. Um, because the way Torin plays it so low key, when he mm. does veer into some other emotional extreme, it really registers for me. So when mm. when we get that sight gag of grandma, if it looks if, of it looks like Lockjaw bites off grandma's hand, and the way Arnold yeah. in quivers like grandma, <laughs> yeah, and his voice yeah. like it's like sadness, not yeah. terror. <laughs> it's just like oh my god, what did he do to you? And then and then yeah, it's just that precious thing. I never noticed that they uh, they strap Lockjaw into the back, and his his flippers are over the seat too. He's like, all right, so mm-hmm. we're like, where are we going? Shout out to them for like dropping the uh, little breadcrumb about the skateboards being in the right in the office right, closet. Right. That was that's a good story. That to get him out. Good storytelling, mm. and mm, love it. Very sturdy skateboard because if uh, if that intimidating educational voiceovers to be believed, Lockjaw weighs over four thousand pounds. I think that was also Dan Castellaneta, if I had to guess, but yeah, and. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do just like that. Let Brainy just like Brainy is always just he's always just drawn with his smile, and he just like presses the button. He's like, uh. yeah. So <laughs> thank you, Brainy, oh for keeping God. the field trip moving and keeping it educational. He really so. did. Made sure we got the information mm-hmm. we needed. Yeah, like how apparently the best way to help a Galapagos tortoise is to drop it into the bay of your. <laughs> Your modern cityscape, dude. It, it just it's shallow <laughs> as hell, and there's tires in it and everything. And yeah, no, I, it, there was that like gross plopping sound and yeah, and all that. Oh man, I hope I hope Lockjaw, you're out there and you're all right, man. I hope I hope so. I hope you found the EAC, <laughs> dude. But yeah, this this episode. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed this one, and <clears throat> it's definitely quieter. And again, it's just every episode has its own tone and its own spirit its own vibe and depend of course mm. like kind of its own genre really and 
it's really interesting how we get that so differently, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's really, I think that's really all I kind of have for this one. It's not, not, not quite as much, but that's not to say they didn't like it, you know, but it's like, these ones are kind of nicer and tight. I think a little more, I mean, they're all self-contained, but at the same time, it, it, you really see that they're kind of testing the waters with these characters and everything, mm. you know, and seeing, seeing what dynamics work and, and everything and all these mini arcs really cool, which is cool. Cause even if they're all yeah. self-contained, like these, these characters really go through something and it's never preachy. It's never ham fisted, which is cool. Mm. And you're still entertained and they still find ways to like make you laugh with like dumb incidental moments and everything too. Like with the campfire last again. Yeah. It's, it's just really no, cool. Yeah. It's just really cool. Like efficient economic storytelling. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like, <clears throat> I don't know what the you know production schedule was or like when the episodes were filmed and how they chose to roll them out, but you definitely get the sense that these four episodes kind of expanded what range they're comfortable. Yes, yeah, bringing these that's a really good point. Into, mm-hmm. Right, because I mean, I would say with this with this episode in particular, like the only comedic moments are like visual gags or like quick one hits versus like a string of funny scenarios coming together, right? Like Yeah, cuz they needed to break up sort of they didn't want to totally distract from the emotional core which is like Arnold recognizing yeah. that, you know, like this isn't fair what's happening to Lockjaw and everything and they're still again, it's really respectful to Arnold's hmm. process or whatever, you know, his what he's going through in the midst of that story. So that's why I do like yeah. how yeah, they they're like, "Oh, we got to kind of make you laugh a little bit somehow cuz you know, we still mm-hmm. these are kids are still watching this and we don't want to lose them completely." <laughs> but mm. it's really it's like, yeah, hiding hiding the vegetables in the in the meatloaf or whatever it is people used to do. Yeah, no, I I I enjoyed this one a lot and I mean, I, I'm just looking at my page here. Uh this is obviously like a <laughs> so far back, but I realized that grandma's like grasping at straws and it's really interesting to hear that in an episode about turtles from when what what year was this episode? 96. Were, were turtles and straws in the ocean an, an issue in '96? Maybe. I mean, I I always connection? I always think I always just think about uh, dolphins getting their snouts caught in like the the six pack rings. Ugh, shame. Is that too? Sorry, real quick. I don't again. know how to follow that. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, I'm a whale. <laughs> Look, I'm a whale. <laughs> Fuck Harold. Now, yeah, especially like early Harold. He's such a heel. Right. He really is. His mushroom nose. We will get, yeah, we will get there. It's like a bean in a mushroom. But I had to go out on something semi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for I that. I think that's probably a, a good enough note to end on unless there's anything mm. else. <laughs> no. That's, okay. That is the perfect way to finish. Absolutely. So, look. Uh, yeah, you know, in a... Uh, look, I'm a whale. Let's go inside this giant whale and look at this really underwhelming tortoise. You know, it's just like nice little for- quick... Mm foreshadow 10 seconds before the fact you know so mm. yeah love i'm you, i'm very i love you too man um i'm very stoked uh so for next week because we're going to be getting into and again um follow along with us this show is on hulu paramount plus i've been watching it on dvd to get all these glorious glorious screen grabs next week i'm very stoked uh, we're going to get to uh arnold's hat yeah arnold's hat and then stoop mm. kid so another one two punch right there i'm very excited to get yes yeah i almost want to just like fire it up already and take notes now (laughs) (laughs) because but all in all in due time you know so thank you all in due time yeah thank you once again and uh for joining us on this edition on this edition of podcast 118 hey arnold re-education 
check us mm-hmm. out on Instagram and Twitter at PC118Pod. And if you haven't taken anything else away from this, just remember, never eat raspberries.